How's everybody going out there, doing out there today? Uh, today I'm going to be recording a uh, short podcast. It's going to be a solo episode here. Um, just want to go over a few um, things that are coming up here pretty soon. Um, first and foremost, this podcast does not have any official sponsors. And uh, f- I'd like to probably keep it that way for a while. Uh, I'd like to keep it sponsor-free, no ads. Um, that way when we talk about products and stuff, you know, really honestly is just, you know, our personal opinion. Um, and you know, there's, uh, less influence from, uh, any particular manufacturer. Um, now full transparency though, I, you know, I do, um, have a personal sponsorship with Hoyt, uh, for shooting. I have a contract with them, uh, and also I work in an archery shop. So, you know, what does that mean? What that means is uh, I'm not going to be a jackass and just say dumb and random crap, whatever I want to say, just for the sake of uh, being controversial when I'm recording a podcast. Um, you know, some people may say that that's still a bias, but honestly, everyone has a bias, even if you're not sponsored in our in our sport everyone has the bow brand that they like and you know if you're shooting the bow brand that you're they're not shooting you're instantly dumb or you know or you're missing out on something and and to be quite honest with you shoot whatever you want find whatever works for you um i happen to like hoyt I also happen to like a lot of other bows. Uh, Hoyt's just the one that makes the most sense for me. That's why I chose to, uh, you know, do what I did and sign a contract. So um, now as far as working in a shop, yeah, there's going to be a bias there. Um, I would say anybody, I would challenge anyone to, you know, pick up a microphone and, you know, just go and start saying a bunch of random stuff, divulging um, you know, proprietary information about their work and their boss and et cetera, et cetera. And then also go and, you know, tag them on Facebook about it. And I want to see how well that goes for you. Probably not going to go very well. So yeah, you know what? I, there is a little bit of uh, bias there and that's going to be towards not being a total jackass. So with that said, hopefully, uh, in the future, uh, there may be, um, some support. Um, I'm actually hoping that the support comes from non-endemic, uh, that way, you know, yeah, I would love to, you know, plug a, you know, coffee company or, you know, I don't know, something that's not industry related. I don't, I can't even think of something that would, what that would look like. So, um, but anyways, I will say though that there are companies out there that I feel should get credit when there's credit due because there are some companies that do a lot for our industry and when I say do a lot meaning you know they take their profits that they make that could go towards hiring more people you know hiring more engineers making better product you know doing things uh, to help the company grow Um, but instead put that money towards, um, back into the sport that supported them. Um, 
whether it be through sponsoring USA Archery uh, or any, you know, those types of organizations and a couple of, you know, I will be giving a shout out to those companies um, just off the top of my head that I can think of, of companies that do like a tremendous amount of good in our industry through sponsorship. Um, the first one that comes to mind is like probably one of the biggest is Easton um, through the work that they do in the, with their foundation they pump a ton of money into our sport. Um, and if, if anyone doesn't believe me, I would say if you've ever gone to the SoCal showdown and seen the, the, uh, training facility that they built down there for the Olympic training center, um, prior to the, uh, uh, San Diego taking it over that center, I forgot what it's called now, but the archery part still Olympic training center. That thing probably had a price tag of over $20 million, um, which is, um, not chump change. So, uh, another company that I can think of that does a lot, I'm always seeing their name out there, uh, in the sponsor list is AAE, uh, Hoyt, you know, Matthews, PSC. I'm sure there's a lot more, but those are the only ones I can think of right now. But, um, if anyone wants to support this podcast um, and keep it sponsor-free, I would say the best way you can do that uh, is, one, if you want to send me money directly, not saying for you to do that, um, there is a little link in the bottom of the uh, of the uh, show notes that says support this podcast where you can give like a little, you know, subscription donation or something like that. I... I don't really care if you do or don't. Uh, I paid for all the equipment myself that I'm using to record. wasn't cheap, but, you know, I enjoy doing it. So um, don't feel 100% right saying, hey, you know, give me money to help buy more stuff, even though it would be nice. Um, the best way you can support the podcast um, is to support your local dealers. You know, don't, don't buy everything online. Go to your local dealer. Um, or, you know, if yours not a dealer uh, by you and you support some of the, you know, company, you know, archery companies, and when I say online, like I'm not talking about like Lancaster or like some of the, uh, like triple X archery website or some of the, you know, you know, shops and stores that have online, um, retail, I'm talking like Amazon and like some of these, uh, you know, companies that are just really making it hard for, um, shops to, you know, have a, a healthy margin. So, you know, support your local shop, whoever it is. Um, and you know, tag me in it and be like, Hey, look at what I just bought from my local shop. If you're in the Bay area, I would love it if you came into West coast and, you know, sh showed a little love, you know, buy a hat, buy a t-shirt, you know, buy some arrows, you know, whatever, whatever you need. I'd really appreciate that. That's the best way you can support me, um, and this podcast. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, get the, uh, um, sh uh, jump right into the show and, um, let's go ahead and hear that intro. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Rude Cast Archery. With your host, Rudy. 
Yeah, boy, here we go. We're getting right into the meat and potatoes here. So um, first I'd like to talk about um, recapping or getting ready for the State 900. Wendell has been doing a phenomenal job on Archery Unfiltered, trying to get all you folks ready for uh, the 900. Um, And if you think that uh, Wendell doesn't care about really seeing people get better then you're wrong because you know every time I talk to him he's like he is he is really trying to compile as much information as he possibly can to get it to you guys um so that you're ready um for competition um it's coming up really quick here so my my thoughts on getting ready for the 900 at this point now that um I've rambled on on his show and 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 chatted about it a little bit um, I was unprepared in the sense that, um, you know, sometimes when Wendell and I get together, we get a little bit too excited and speak a lot of nonsense, but I'm going to try to formalize something here. That's a little bit more concrete. You know, the 900 is no different than any other tournament. The only difference is you're shooting a lot of arrows. Um, and so it's really important that you condition yourself for that. And what I've found is when I'm only shooting safari, I feel like I don't, I haven't conditioned myself enough to then on the following weekend, just go shoot a 900 round. And so, um, I would encourage you between now or should have happened already, you know, weeks ago is I would say, you, you should be increasing the volume of your arrows. I believe Wendell did mention that to you, that you should increase that volume of arrows. Um, I think some of uh, his guests have mentioned that, you know, um, bring that arrow count up, up you know. So that's going to be important. You don't want to get tired, and you will feel it, you know, when you shoot a 900. The, uh, the other thing is, is there, you, by now, Equipment wise, there should be everything should be good to go. There's uh, you're shooting level ground, so second axis shouldn't be that important. You know, if if you're at 60 yards, you're sent. If let's say your second axis is off and at 60 yards, you get into a good rhythm and then you start shooting, you know, and you're centered and, and then you move to 50 and you know, you're hitting slightly left and move your dang sight. You know, and then, you know, establish that rhythm and keep going and then do the same at 40. Um, But honestly, by this point in the game, you should have already had all your equipment sorted out. So if you're not, then um, then do it. Um, It only takes two seconds. Get yourself a hand ski third level, third axis, uh, second and third axis level. um, Put it in a vice. Do it at full draw. You know, go on YouTube, look at Tim Gillingham's video on how to do it and get it done. Um. The final thing is, you know, experimenting with the dots and stuff. Don't be doing that like a week before the the tournament. Um, all these guys have been talking about how they've been playing around with different dot sizes and stuff to get ready for the 900. Well, you know what? They were doing that like a week ago or two weeks ago. It's coming up. By this point, I'm going to say run your setup, run what you got, work on your mental game, and go for it. Um Another thing is, with this type of event, I highly recommend you bring what you need. Um, Some of the clubs will have food. Some of them don't. 
um, when when it was hosted at the San Francisco Archers, they usually had like uh, a uh, you know like a little snack stand. But usually, the kind of food and stuff that people you know most clubs are serving is hot dogs and hamburgers. And you know, if you start shooting at sixty and then they break for lunch, you know, you know between the fifty and forty at some point. And then you chow down a big old hamburger, I guarantee you're not going to feel great for that 40, that 40 yard target. So I'm going to say as much as it's nice to support the clubs and, you know, give them money, bring what you need, um, you know, bring water, bring Gatorade, bring whatever it is that you normally consume. Uh, you know, don't eat any differently than you normally do. You know, uh, some guys tend to, all of a sudden eat healthy, you know, the day before an event. Well, if you weren't eating healthy before, it's going to mess you up. Don't do that. Just just try to keep everything as consistent as possible. Make sure you're hydrated. Bring lots of water. With a 900, what's cool is you can bring a little chair. You can bring a little cooler, you know, because you're just standing on a field. You're not having to carry it all throughout the entire day on a field course. So there's no reason for you to, uh, you know, get dehydrated or, you know, feel ill from standing in an open field with that. Um, I've seen a lot of guys come out to the 900 with these little chairs that have an umbrella on them. I thought that was pretty clever, you know, do what it takes to keep your head in the game. So that's all I got to say about that. Um, now kind of transitioning a little bit into shot sequence or, we were, you know, on uh, Wendell's show, we talked about shot sequence. Um, Mark Rubio was on the show, and, you know, he he dropped out a lot of gold nuggets out there for you guys. Um, one of the things that he used to say was, just shoot your shot. I'm going to be 100% honest about that. You know, when I first started shooting target archery, uh, I, I had shot starting, I started with an Olympic recurve and, um, you know, the, when I first started with the Olympic recurve, uh, city college of San Francisco, I was learning NTS from like the very beginning, you know, shooting a, you know, national training system with, um, a recurve bow. So from the very beginning, you know, I was getting, I was already, used to having like a shot sequence or a shot program when I picked up a compound and started shooting, I had like no idea of what I was doing. Like, and so when people would tell me, Oh, just shoot your shot in my head, I'm going like, I don't have a shot. I don't know what I'm doing. I just like picked up this bow like two weeks ago. I'm just having fun shooting it. And so sometimes, you know, that kind of advice is, is, is hundred percent correct. You, you have to shoot your shot. Like that's the best advice. However, when, when being told that I feel like person doesn't always know what your circumstances are. Like, are you brand spanking new? Have you been shooting for 10 years and you know, our seasoned archer, you know, so what exactly does that mean? And so, you know, I would encourage people I'm going to, and I'm going to make the assumption here that if you're listening to this podcast, you're trying to get better. You've already been shooting, um, for either a year, a couple years, a couple months, and you have some sort of 
you know, shot routine, um, I would say know what your shot is, meaning um, come up with a series of steps that you go through. And when it, and it doesn't have to be like hard steps. Like I've seen guys go online, you know, on some of these forums and they're like, how's my form? And then you can see them like, like trying to clearly replicate um, a shot program that they saw online from their favorite influencer, you know, and you can see them like, I'm shutting my feet, I'm doing this, that, and the other. Whatever it is, you should know, you know, your your sequence in the beginning is going to be a bit choppy, but by the, the more you do it, it starts to look like one fluid motion. But whatever it is, you need to really um, sort of either write it down or, you know, clearly know what it is that you're doing. How do you... The big one for me um, with most beginners is stance because... I see a lot of people when they first start shooting and even like experienced archers. Like I've watched guys that have been shooting for a while standing at the range and shoot, you know, their whole quiver at the target and not, not a single shot. Did they stand exactly the same way as they did for each and every arrow? And then they wondered why their grouping sucks. Like they, they'd shoot one arrow and then they'd kind of like, you know, take a few steps over to the left and kind of lean over because they don't have binoculars and they're trying to look at the target and see exactly where the arrow is. And then they go back and grab another arrow and their feet are completely different. And so like they haven't really, you know, programmed anything. They've just shot at random. So I'm going to say the stance is something you should definitely be aware of and try to do it the same way every time. Um, on this particular episode, I'm not going to debate or even get into whether it should be a closed stance, open stance, negative stance, whatever it is it needs to be. Um, it just needs to be the one that works for you. Um, if you take a lesson from me at the shop, I'm going to teach you what the differences are between all of the different positions and how that affects your the rest of your shot. And I leave that up to you to decide what you think is going to be the best. Um, however, I'm going to give you my advice and opinion. And then you go home and you shoot. And if you choose to do different than my opinion and it works, then kudos. If it doesn't work for you and you struggle, that's on you. And a lot of times when you don't listen to my opinion, if you're paying me money to come take a lesson, you're going to struggle. So, um, But for the sake of uh, this show, you know, not going to debate that. Um, that would be a good step, you know, know, know your stance, know how you're, know how you're standing. Second important thing that you should really be aware of is how you hold your release. Okay. This might sound, you know, semi, this might seem really elementary, but once again, there's different ways to hold your release. You can hold it, you know, really at the ends of your fingers. You can have it more in the middle of your fingers, you know, with a mild hook, or you can have it really deep choked up really strong grip there's different ways you hold a release and different ways you hold a release will enact a different response on your shot know what it is you know you know archery for the most part you will hit the same spot every single time if you can replicate the same shot every time so make sure you know how you hold it and how you do it because when you when you're on the line or you're under pressure and it's not working, 
I don't want to hear you afterwards telling me, oh, I, I know it was, you know, I couldn't get my shot to go off cause, cause of X, Y, and Z when you know, when you know what you could have done to fix it. I know it sounds easy, easier said than done, but you know, part of, part of shooting is making a shot and evaluating what just happened and reflecting on that in, in a, you know, and our brains are smart. And so if you, you know, if you're well hydrated and you're taking care of yourself, then you should be able to, your, your, that computer upstairs there should tell you, Hey, uh, this didn't work cause I didn't do what I know I'm supposed to do. And so you need to fix it. Next is, um, you know, know how you actually set up your shot. You know, what I mean by that is, you know, you know, once again, if you take lessons from me, you, you, there are different phases that I am, I'm tell you to be aware of. Um, and one of them is your posture and what you do before you set up. And what I mean by set up is how you actually raise your, the bow arm to the target. You know, there are things that you can do biomechanically to set up the shop so that once you're starting to put pressure on that string and you're drawing the bow back, the bow settles quickly, settles faster and also protects your shoulder from injury, from, you know, drawing improperly. Um, so know how you do it so that you can do it every time. Because if you, if you're, once again, if you, now if your shoulder's in a different position every time, it's going to affect how your anchor feels on your face, how you look through the peep, you know. So, you know, know how you do that. Be aware of it you know, make some notes and, you know, use your own language on how you, you set up that bow. And finally, also how you anchor, you know, how, how you hold your, where exactly does your hand go on your face every time? Do you, do you actually touch the string to the tip of your nose and corner of your mouth? Or does the string touch the tip of your nose and maybe the corner of your cheek? Like, how does it, how does it touch your face? How does it correspond to your your shot. And so you should definitely know that. Um, finally, you know, your execution, you know, how, how do you work that release? How do you, how do you do it? Um, Blake Jerome has this great video that he just posted on YouTube about how to shoot a hinge. I'm going to say that that was the way that he explains it in that video is probably, um, I couldn't have said it better myself. So I'm going to say, watch that video. Uh, and, you know, get an idea of, you know, how that works. And if you don't do it the way that Blake does, take out your, a camera, film yourself for yourself and make your own video about how you do it. And, you know, you know, make your own process. Um, you know, if, if you don't have that kind of time and you don't want to learn or you don't want to pay me to take a lesson or pay someone else, you know, in your area, you know, you know, go online and, and look at the knock on one, you know, look at or, you know, go to USA Archery, you know, look at the uh, NTS uh, shot sequence for compound, you know, whatever it is, find something that that you can repeat. So with that said, um, n you know, really prepare your shot sequence and um before the 900 are you going to be able to accomplish that i don't know but at least pick and choose a few things that you know you can control 
and and be ready for that event. So next, um, I want to talk about, um, you know, a few little things about trans. Right now, we're in that fa- that time of year where everyone is you know, oh, I can't wait for indoor, or some people are like, I can't wait, you know, or some people are out hunting right now, um, I will be here shortly, uh, but, uh, you know, you know, it seems like everyone's kind of now thinking about indoor, uh, there's still some stuff to be done in California, um, so, you know, but, uh, here's some things that I think you should be doing right now before we transition to indoor, um, some really important things because right now I'm hoping that most of you are shooting your best right now. You're at your peak. You've, you've shot the entire year. You've shot the, the whole outdoor season. You've done the, the outlaws. You've done your local safaris. You've done your club shoots. I, I want to say that by now your equipment is so dialed in and you're loving it. I want you to then, um, know your equipment a little bit better and actually take down some details. Cause a lot of, like a lot of us, um, we don't, I mean, I have multiple bows, but I like to shoot one bow. I don't, I don't want to have an indoor bow and an outdoor bow. I want to have one bow that I shoot. Um, you know, well, except for my hunting bow, I have a hunting bow and I have a target bow, but with target bows, I don't want to have multiple target bows. So I would, would, uh, encourage you to, um, take some measurements off your bow. And this is a real critical one. I think. Everyone needs to know their draw length. And I'm not saying like what the mod says on the cam. What I mean is take take a measurement, um, put the bow in a draw board, measure it from, you know, the throat of the grip or, you know, right, you know, the, the pivot point there in the grip right to the V or the, you know, that, that pressure or excuse me, that little apex, the V in the string and and know what that number is that's not your actual that's not going to be what they you know your i your uh the draw length you know by by a manufacturer definition so if you measure that and it's let's say 26 inches you need you whatever that number is you add one and three quarter inches so if it's 26 inches that means that your draw length is 27 uh and three quarter inches Know what that number is so that you can replicate it. Because by now, some people might be putting new strings on their bow for indoor. You know, you're, which I I I normally do because um, by the time the outdoor season's over, um, I'm usually throwing a new set of strings on my bow because, you know, we've put some some stress and some wear on it. You know, we've been. You know, especially after redding, it's you know real dusty. There's dirt all over, but you know you're you're putting a lot of wear on those strings and cables. And um, by this point, some you know if you're gonna change your strings and cables, you're gonna want to know what that draw length number is so you can get it back to that that hold back to that feel. When uh, know know what your um, know what your knock height is so. When you when you set up your your center shot, know where it was, know what where the knock point was on your string, so that when you go to put your 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 new arrows on there, or or set up your indoor arrows and you're retying a D loop, um, you know where to put everything. Um, check the condition of your center serving for God's sakes. 
I don't know how many times I see people, and I'm guilty of this myself, and I've been guilty of it in the past. When you're when you're taking that D loop off, and you're and you're setting up for for uh, indoor, you know, there should not be any serving separation, or I should say, do not ignore serving separation that is caused from the D loop. You know, pinching on that on that uh, center serving. Make sure that you you clean that up. Either reserve it or replace your string, um, you know, and make sure that the knocks fit properly. If you've taken your measurements um, prior, you know, make whatever adjustments you need to to compensate for the little bit larger knock. If you're shooting a an S knock, um, some people shoot the pin knocks, you know, so that they don't have to change anything. I still think that you should tear that all off and start over before you get an indoor because you've probably, you probably wore that, that center serving out. So I'm going to say, check the condition of that and make sure that it's in good shape. And, um, and then play around with, uh, dot sizes, you know, for, for indoor, you know, play around with what, you know, is going to work for you. Um, you know, lighting is different indoors than it is outdoors and it's going to take a little while for you to get used to. So, you know, those are just some little tips I think that you can, um, that you can do. And then finally work on your mental game. Part of that is going to include knowing, no, having a shot process and having a shot sequence and actually knowing what it is that you're doing. So, um, you know, but ultimately that's going to be your strength. Um, not, um, not tweaking or tuning your bow. That's, you know, you know, Mark Rubio's advice, you know, shoot your shot. That's what, that's, what's gonna, that's, what's gonna do it. So, so for some, uh, I want to go over some updates here on, um, some, uh, upcoming events. Um, you know, Wendell's been doing a good, like I said, Wendell's been doing a really great job to try to prepare you guys for it. Um, the most recent one that I know of that's coming up that you guys should, uh, Really be aware of, you know, after the state 900, depending on where you're shooting it, uh, you got the Pat Coast tournament in Discovery Park, Sacramento coming up, which is September 17th through 19th. It's a Star Vita 1440 round. So everyone, uh, you know, just listen to um, Elliot um, on Wendell's show, talk about grape steaks. Well, here you go. Here's another 1440. Let's, uh, you know, you can go and shoot that one. If you shot the 900, well, guess what? The 1440 is going to be a lot more arrows. So, you know, get ready. You have approximately, what, 10 to 15 days here to get ready for, you know, to continue getting ready for that. Now, the only difference here with the 1440 is you're going to be shooting in meters. So you got 90 meters um, at 122 centimeter target and 122 centimeter target at 70 meters. So, but then, you know, that's going to be Saturday. And then on Sunday, you'll shoot um, 50 meters and 30 meters at an 80 centimeter target. So the target phase changes. Um the size of the dot there, or I should say the size of the face will be relative to the distance. So 
that's going to be the only difference from the 900 is that, you know, you are shooting different target faces as you move closer. Um, so you, you might want to practice that, you know, shoot a little bit at 90. Um, I always found 70, it will be a little bit easier than 90. And, you know, cause then, you know, the dot usually is of the, the target is, is, uh, I mean, for the same reason that shooting at 30 meters should be easier than shooting at 50. So, um, but anyways, that's coming up. And then immediately after, I should say with very, very small or short period of time, which is why I talked about indoor a little bit is, um, they reinstated the California state indoor championship for USA archery. Um, so that's going to be October 10th and 11th. And that is faster. That is coming up super fast. So that means the transition to indoor usually happens like late October. Everyone's like, okay, we just got done with Pat coast. And now I'm just going to like coast right into indoor. Well, you know what? Indoor was canceled earlier this year because of COVID, you know, that special, you know, thing that happened here uh, recently that everyone knows about. And um, that got reinstated, uh, and it's going to be in Tulare, and that's going to be USA Archery uh, format for indoor. So that means you're going to be shooting the inner 10, the baby X. Um, and you're going to be shooting it at 18 meters. So, uh, we're moving from yards to meterinis again. So, you know, start thinking about everything, start thinking about indoor right now. If you're doing the USA archery stuff, because you got, you know, a very short period of time before, you know, that sneaks up on you right afterwards. Like, I mean, that right after Pat coast, you need to be tearing your bow down and getting ready for indoor. So there you go. Um, if you got any questions about the Pat coast tournament, looking on the website here, you can email wilderness, at, at gmail.com. There's a phone number listed there. Don't use Don't call them. You're just going to get yelled at by Lisa. So don't, don't call them. You know, I, I would probably yell at you too if you called me when I'm trying to organize, you know, thousand people. So you're listening to a podcast. I think you know how to use a computer. Send an email, ask questions, you know, love Lisa. But, you know, if you call her, she'll probably yell at you. So don't do that. Um, California State Indoor Championship, you can email them too to Laurie, Target Archer 10 at gmail.com. And, uh, the registration for the, this stuff is all online. Um, you can, if you don't have Facebook, you can just go to the USA archery website, click on the filter for California and you'll see them pop right up. So, um, I know I just jumped back and forth between outdoor and indoor, um, tournaments that are coming up on us really fast here. Um, those of you who may or may not know the state indoor championship was usually used for state ranking. Um, and, what they did was they had substituted cotton bowl, um, as one of the events. And so I'm just going to read for you word for word from Donnell Scott, what, what this all means now that they brought the state indoor championship back. So it says for state ranking for 2021 is as follows. You must shoot the tournaments below. 
When 2021 started, we originally canceled State Indoor and decided to use Cotton Bowl as a substitute for it. So with the reinstatement of State Indoor, you will have the option of either using your Cotton Bowl rank or shooting the October State Indoor. You will also have to shoot State Outdoor Championship and the Pat Coast Championship to be State Ranked. So there you go. Don't get mad at me. Don't yell at me. I'm just the messenger. That's from Donnell Scott. You're, I believe she's the, uh, in charge of the Central California um, chapter of uh, State Archers of California under USA Archery. Um, get a hold of them if you got any questions. Uh, today is Wednesday, I think. I don't even know what day it is. Yeah, it's Wednesday. On Friday, I'll be interviewing Heather Gore again. Um, so we'll be doing a follow-up episode on... Um, Recently, she we talked about her going to the uh, USA Archery Field Nationals, um, which is uh, a, a different field format than we've been used to shooting here in California. Uh, one, because I believe the first day is unmarked and the second day isn't. Uh, they also shoot a target that's very similar to the field target that we're used to, but instead of it being having a white and black dot, it has a yellow one. So, you know, a little different, kind of cool. Um, and so she's going to come back on and talk about that weekend. She recently did really well and podiumed, um, chatting with her a little bit. Uh, she would have taken third place. She took third place in the women's, uh, division. Had she shot in the guys division, she still would have taken third place. So, you know, just to give you an idea, Heather is a badass and she will, she can, she can hang with anybody. It doesn't matter. So with that said, I want to thank everyone for listening, um, to the Rudecast um, today. I know today wasn't as exciting as, um, some of the other podcasts because, um, you know, you had to listen to me for almost 40 minutes here instead of listening to, you know, um, you know, that, you know, godly, beautiful voice of Mark Rubio, um, you know, you know, it's like a, an angel, you know, a little voice sent from an angel, you know, but <laughs> sorry, that was a bad joke. Um, but anyways, um, uh, tune back in here pretty soon. Um, that episode with Heather is going to happen on Friday night and I should have it posted Saturday. will conclude this evening's entertainment.